The Athletics Mailroom Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. This week, the Bills and Steelers are facing off in a game that is definitely going to have AFC wildcard implications, and it's one we will definitely be talking about next week. That game is in Pittsburgh, and if you are a Steelers fan or if you're a visiting Bills fan who's totally ready to tailgate, but you also want to get in the door at the lowest price possible in the best seats possible, then you should check out GameTime. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. You can download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Live from Studio Nowhere, this is the Athletics Mailroom Podcast. Now here's your host, Amy Parlapiano. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Mailroom. This is the Athletics NFL podcast, where we ask our own subscribers questions to a different guest each week. And this week, we are very happy to be joined by the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. It's Jim Nagy. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited about this. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us. I know it's a a bit of a crazy time, but uh, before we get into some of the subscribers' questions, and there were many, a lot of people are very interested in kind of your whole process and how the Senior Bowl works. Um, Let's start with some background on your own career. So you were named uh, the executive director of the Senior Bowl in 2018. Um, How did you get to this point? What did your own scouting journey look like to get you here? Yeah, you know, I, I was really fortunate to uh, get into the NFL right out of college. So I got a I got a PR internship with the Green Bay Packers back in 1996. Date myself a little bit. Um, at the time, they didn't even have scouting internships, so that was really like your only foot in the door back then. Um, and when I got there, there was uh, five future GMs on that on that scouting staff. So uh, when I was done with my PR duties for the day, I would go bother those guys and. Uh, you know, Reggie McKenzie and John Schneider uh, both shared an office and they would let me in there to to watch tape with them. And I just, you know, tried to be a fly on the wall and learn. And then I was lucky enough when uh, John got a job with the Redskins uh, in 2000 do uh, with the ability to, you know, put together a staff. He hired me to scout the West Coast. And then I spent 18 years in the NFL, um, you know, between I spent the longest tenure was with the Patriots. I was there for for eight years and then went to Kansas city and I finished up my last five years in the league with the Seattle Seahawks. So yeah. And then when this job came open, it was really, a, it came down to a family decision. We'd been living in mobile for mobile, Alabama for about 12 years. It's my wife's hometown. We're raising our kids here. Um, and so with the, when the recent senior bowl job came open, it was just, it was too good of an opportunity to uh, pass up. And I, I went for it and thank God they hired me. So <laughs> it's been, it's been a fun, it's been a fun 18 months since I've taken the job. From your perspective over this, the span that you've been in charge there, what, what's kind of been the, the most challenging thing for you in this role and then also the most exciting? The most challenging thing is just wearing all the different hats you have to wear in this in this role. Um, you know, when you're scouting, you, you just really have your football hat on all the time and you're evaluating players and going from school to school and typing reports. Um, so you really you're, it, it's really to, it's easy to stay organized. Um, you kind of got that one track mind and you're just focused on on one thing, whereas in this role, um, you know, there's a lot of different elements to it. So obviously there's the football component, which is the most important. It's the part of the job I love the most. But 
you know, there, there's a media aspect to this job and public speaking. And, um, you know, it allowed me to get on ESPN last year as a draft analyst and do some of that stuff. But, you know, just, just the day-to-day managing a staff and, and a budget and, um, you know, everything that goes along with the business. So, um, and then there's, there's a little bit of a political aspect to this job here locally in Mobile. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's just kind of bouncing everything out. It's probably the most difficult part. All right. So let's get into some of our subscribers questions about the senior bowl itself. So I, I think the number one questions, uh, our readers have in terms of process is about the players, of course. So, mm-hmm. um, Wesley B asks, dear Jim, what is the process you use to select players? Do you start with the all American seniors and go from there? Do you know what kind of teams you want to put together? Do the coaches have a say? And then ultimately, what is the goal for putting together those rosters? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, we we that's one thing we've done a little differently. So I we hired a we hired a scouting staff last year in 2018 uh, of guys that were four guys that I'd known a long time working in the NFL that had been let go from their teams. You know, in a regime change. So um, you know, if you work long enough in football, you're going to get caught in the crosshairs. So it doesn't mean you're not good at your job. You're just they're bringing in new people and they want to bring their own people. So that's what happens. So we we hired those four guys last year and it worked out great geographically. We were spread out all over the country um, and really handled this thing like we would an NFL personnel department. I want them trying to, you know, really pattern this thing if, as if we were a team. And, uh, you know, so out of the 114 guys that ended up in last year's game, we saw 105 of them live in games. Um, you know, and then we, we watched a bunch of tape. The guys can all download tape at home and, and watch it. And that's, that's how we, we go about it. So in terms of building the roster, we're just trying to bring, bring the best possible prospects to the table. So, um, you know, we see this, we're really, uh, we're really a steward to the NFL. We're trying to do this for the league, not for, I mean, we have no ego in this. We don't care where the players come from, um, what schools, what conferences, we just watch the tape and go to games and, you know, try to get the best rosters possible. So we do have a little flexibility in terms of uh, there, there's not there, there's a, the roster is set at 114 players by the league office, by the competition committee. Um, we have some flexibility on where we go at each position. So last year was a, a really loaded quarterback group. We had seven of our eight guys got drafted last year. Uh, it's a little thinner class this year. So we're probably only going to bring six, which gives us flexibility to add a couple of players in another spot where it might be heavier. So, so there is flexibility that way, but yeah, that's, that's the goal is just to bring the best players. The final part after our staff does this and goes through our process, um, we invite about around the last couple of years, it's been about 80 players on the first round of invites. Then we bring the league into it. Um, rather than me just calling a bunch of, you know, buddies from around the league that I had longstanding relationships with um, and picking their brains on players, we, we really wanted to do it more formally. So we, we the week of Thanksgiving, when all those guys are off the road, um, we have formal calls with over half the league there. It's really exhaustive. They take about 90 minutes per team. Uh, a couple weeks ago, there was one day where I spent nine hours straight talking on the phone, and it was Ooh. we had order we had order pizza in the office, and I was tired of hearing myself talk after a while. <laughs> but uh, we do. We want we want the league's input on the you know uh, on the roster, and so we go position by position, get their feedback. So, for example, it you know say we've invited um, eight wide receivers, and we've got four wide out spots left. We kind of tell them who the next four or five we like is. And then and then bounce that off them. And, and, you know, is there anyone outside of that group you guys want to see or inside that group you want to see? And then that kind of helps us shape the back end of the roster. And so you mentioned when you were talking about kind of 
all the things that go into this of choosing the players and working with your staff um, and the staff that you've put together, obviously a, a crucial part of this. So Lindsay Jones actually wrote a piece a few weeks ago about um, Kathleen Wood, who is the Florida scout uh, for the Senior Bowl. And, and can you talked in the piece about how, you know, it's important for organizations to start to look differently than they have in the past, uh, whether it's in scouting or, or other aspects of the field. And so I guess when you're kind of building your own staff, so what do you hope to see specifically for the Senior Bowl in terms of increasing uh, the, the gender diversity within staffs? Well, you know, what, what we try to do with the scouting staff is have people that have NFL ties already, that have experience in the league, and, and maybe this is a soft landing spot for them, like I talked about with last year's staff. Um, you know, they came to the Senior Bowl for a year and then jumped back in the league, you know. Um, so we, we do want people with NFL experience, and Kathleen had it. She'd, she'd done internships with Buffalo and Philadelphia, um, and she came highly recommended by by the GMs and guys around the league that, that I'm good friends with. So she was an easy one. But we're going to we're moving forward. So this year's game we have uh, through the league office in, in conjunction with the league office. We're going to have um, interns in, in three different areas. It's going to be video, uh, athletic training and equipment. So we're going to have six, six young, uh, six young women down here working with the, in the in their specific fields during our week. Um, and then we also have one coming in on the senior bowl side, not affiliated with the league. Uh, we have a young lady who, uh, I know her dad, he, he's a coach at, at a FBS level school, known him for a long time. And his daughter is very, very interested in scouting. So we're going to bring her down the week, kind of pair her with Kathleen a little bit, um, uh, and, and, and get, get her involved. So no, it's very important the leagues, the leagues behind the initiative as we are. Um, there is no reason why, you know, women can't can't do any of these jobs in the national football league. You know, does it help playing the game? Yes, it, it definitely helps. It gives you a perspective on some things, but it's not to say that these jobs can't be done if you don't, if you don't play. I mean, there's plenty of guys that have been head coaches in the, in the NFL that, you know, w- weren't great players. So uh, okay. yeah, we're, we're excited. Kathleen's done an awesome job. We're, we're really excited with the job she's done and hopefully she gets a full-time job after this. Hopefully she becomes the first full-time NFL scout. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Obviously, that it's been really encouraging to kind of see and to read about uh, her in, in the Senior Bowl and kind of what, what you guys are hoping to do there. So that's been great to see. And so then in terms of we talked about the players being chosen and kind of that selection process, Mathis A. asked, Dear Jim, how are the coaches chosen for the Senior Bowl? Yeah, that's determined by the league office, and we, okay. we don't get that till after the league. And it really is it's the draft order. They start from, uh, you know, okay. worst all the way down. The only caveat is that you need to have a full staff in place when you get to Mobile. So if they're, you know, teams going through a coaching turnover, um, it really precludes those teams. So, for example, last year, Arizona was picking one. Uh, you know, they were they were going through a regime change and bringing Cliff Kingsbury in. So they couldn't do it. Two was uh, two was San Francisco and they were in place and they were here. Three was the Jets. They just let Todd Bowles go. Right. Um, so they couldn't come. And then four was Oakland with John Gruden. So we ended up with two and four last year. Um, this year, I think Cincinnati right now, <laughs> as we speak, is, is pretty much locked into that number one spot, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think they would make a, a change with Zach Taylor in his first year. And then, you know, two and three are the Giants and the Redskins. Those things are up in the air. And then the, the Dolphins right now are at four. So it's just it's just that draft order. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then Gerard L. was wondering, uh, Dear Jim, has any thought been given to adding juniors who have declared early for the NFL draft? Yeah, so that this this was a rule that was changed. Uh, I'm guessing five or six years ago now. Um, so we can bring juniors, but only if they graduate by December. Okay, so they have to be they have to be graduated before our game. 
Um, you know, I, I, I think the mindset behind it was if, if they've gone to school and done what they're supposed to do, which is get a diploma, how can, yeah. how can we stand in the way of, of them, you know, participating in an all-star game like this? So, so yeah, the previous high had been four. And then last year we had 12. Um, okay. It really, it really was a focus for our staff to, to identify those guys early, um, you know, and then really keep tabs on them and, you know, because you can't get to January with 114 seniors and then have all these juniors declare and not know about them and not have spots for them. So right. we we really that and that's the value of having experienced scouts, guys that have relationships and contacts at the at the schools around the country and with other scouts that, uh, you know, the, the, the scouting community really helps us identify those guys because they're in the schools every day. Um, and so they give us a heads up a lot on a lot of those things. And then we'll call from our office. We'll call academic people we know and and uh, people at the school. So that that's been a big point of emphasis. And again, it's uh, it's not just any juniors. We still want to take the best players. So there's juniors that come out that we wouldn't take. Um, but if they're if they're there and they've and they've got their diploma in hand, we're going to we're going to try to get them if they're good players. And so that's something that it seems like has changed over the years in terms of the original rule till till now. And so with that in mind, kind of from your perspective in your position now and things that you're thinking about potentially changing in the future, is there is there one thing or uh, it could be a few things, whatever it is that you're kind of focused on that you'd, you'd like to see change, or you'd like to push through in terms of your vision of the senior bowl in the, in the future, whether it's in the next few years or shorter. Yeah. We, you know, uh, one thing that's sticking out maybe because it's on the front of my mind right now, trying to, trying to finalize our roster for this year, I, I really like to go to the league uh, and the competition committee in the off season and, and push for an expansion of the roster. Because mm. right now we're we're capped at 114, and what happens is, you know, inevitably every year, um, you lose players in bowl games. Guys get hurt, and right. and now now you're in the, the beginning of January, and there's two All Star games the week before ours, um, and you know we're not permitted to take those players once we get into January. So now you're going from, you know, someone that you targeted all fall as a you know someone that's probably going to be drafted in the first three or four rounds. And it's a, it's a, it's a big cliff. You're falling way off. If you have right. to, if you're, if you're filling gaps in January, um, it's a big drop off in terms of talent. So if we could get those rosters increased to say 125, then that would, you know, that would really, uh, you know, be a nice insurance policy on these guys that, that end up getting hurt, uh, you know, in their bowl games or late in the year. Right. And so you actually mentioned there, there's, was actually a question from in here from a subscriber about uh, bowl games and kind of, kind of the impact of bowl games just in general. And so Adam W. said, Dear Jim, it's expected a lot of guys will sit out their bowl game to avoid injuries. In the last few years, can you think of a prospect who significantly impacted their draft status who actually played in their bowl? Uh, like an impacted it positively is what I guess I'm, I, is that's kind of what, what I, I read from that question it. because I feel like negatively it tends to happen more often yeah. in terms of injuries. I, I guess, I guess I think what Adam's asking is just, do you see, um, do you see a benefit in playing in the bowl game, uh, in terms of if there's a way to significantly impact draft status upward, or do you think most of the way that it can be impacted tends to be negative? Yeah, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head where someone just balled out in a bowl game and, and tremendously helped themselves in, in the draft with one game. I'll say this, and I don't want it to sound self-serving at all because of you know the, the role that I'm in right now, but I'll, I'll preface it by saying I love the bowls. Like That's one of the reasons I grew up loving football was sitting around on New Year's Day with the family and watching bowl games. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm a historian of the game. I love the history of it. I love bowl games, but the, the landscape we're in right now 
um, with guys opting not to play in their bowl games. I always try to think of things like this if it were my, you know, my son or, or, or something in, in those in those vein. So last year, the example that I use is, is Michigan had a had four or five guys up not to play in the bowl game against Florida in the Peach Bowl. And Chase Winovich was the one senior that that did choose to play. Um, and he ended up getting hurt, you know, hurting his foot in the in the bowl game, and then he couldn't play in the in the senior bowl. So uh, it's one thing when they're playing for the BCS championship and the team's still playing for something. I think that if if a guy opted out of out of one of those scenarios, I think the league might, you know, look sideways at him. But I think you know where we're at now. I don't think the league cares if these guys play in their bowl games or not. I don't think that hurts them. I think fans are still kind of stuck on that a little bit that these guys are turning their backs on their teams, but I don't think the league sees it that way. It's really a business decision. So if it were, if were my son, like in Chase's situation, you know, he couldn't come. It, you're either playing the 55th game for the university of Michigan and really, you know, in a game that doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things, or, you know, you can go play in front of 900 NFL people that, you know, key decision makers that are going to draft you. Um, so he, he missed out on that opportunity. And, and I do think it hurt him a little bit where he was picked in the draft. Cause I thought Chase was a really good player uh, and he's having, a, and he's having a great rookie year, but that's just one example. But I'm just saying that like, when, when it first happened with Christian McCaffrey years ago, when he was the first one that decided to, to bail on the bowl game, I was with the Seahawks then. And we all, I mean, everyone in the league was like, can you believe it, it was a buzz across the league? Can you believe he's doing this? What's he doing? I think that edge has really softened over the last three or four years. I think, I think teams understand um, what's at stake for these guys. I mean, there's so much more money now than there's ever been in professional sports. And, and that's why the draft has become, you know, such a big deal for these teams. And that's why the senior bowl is, you know, taking on an increased significance. It's just the, you know, the money behind this, they, they these teams have to make good decisions. And, right. uh, and I know they all feel better about their decision-making process when they can spend a week when they spend a week with these players. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the bowl game thing. is It's a tough one. Yeah, it seems to be, to your point, kind of something that I do think there, there's there been a shift recently. Uh, I, I almost feel like it's it's not necessarily a non-issue in terms of people still talk about it when they decide uh, not to play. But I do think in terms of kind of outlook, it does seem to be a smart decision. I think people see how smart it is for the players to potentially not risk getting injured in that bowl game. Um, okay, so John V. So we have kind of the list. We, we've started to see the accepted invite list come in for this year's Senior Bowl. And so... Mm-hmm. John V says, uh, Dear Jim, so far, it's just Anthony Gordon in the list of accepted invites from the quarterback position. Is there any insight you can offer us on who else the Senior Bowl is watching from that position? Yeah, we are probably the usual spot suspects that they, yeah. <laughs> that they would think. Um, and those guys are all playing. You know, there's a couple of those guys. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts are, are playing in the BCS championship. Justin Herbert uh, just finished up, you know, in the Pac-12 title game over the weekend. So those guys were all waiting to get through that process. So, we have spoken to them. They want to, you know, a lot of them just, a couple of them just want to wait till they're done playing football. Um, I think, I think what people have to understand too, especially when you got guys like a Joe Burrow or a Jalen Hurts with, with, there's so much on these guys' plates right now. So they're, you know, they just got done playing for a conference championship. Um, they're on the banquet circuit now. So I, I mean, they're at the Davey O'Brien Award or whatever. They're going to Atlanta for the Home, Home Depot Award Show. Then they're flying to New York for the Heisman. They've got to pick an agent. They've got to pick, like for the quarterbacks, they got to pick a, a quarterback guru to go through the process with in the spring. They got to figure out if they're playing an all-star game. So there's 
there's so much going on. We're not putting pressure on those guys. We've been in contact with, with them and their families. And, um, you know, we're confident we're, we're going to end up with the quarterbacks we'd like to get, but, um, that's just holding up the process a little bit right now as these guys go and, you know, really playing in meaningful games. So, you know, Jordan love, I can't say this Jordan love the the quarterback at Utah state who, who graduated and uh, he declared, I believe it was yesterday, um, his invites in the mail. So we uh, we're pretty confident we'll get Jordan down here for the game, which will be exciting. He's a really talented guy. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, again, we're, we're probably only going to have six this year okay. um, in the game as opposed to eight. And okay. uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where we're at at quarterback. Okay. And that actually, you mentioned Jordan love and there's actually a subscriber Cliff D who was wondering what your assessment is of, of Jordan love specifically. Yeah, a really talented player. Uh, really liked him over the summer watching his sophomore tape. Thought that, uh, you know, he was a first-round talent. So they had a coaching change there. Nothing against that coaching staff. That's a really good staff they have at Utah State. But what happens sometimes in a coaching turnover, bringing in a new system. Um, and, again, I think Jordan felt the expectations a little bit, you know, of going into the year. Is a, there was so much buzz around him being a first-round pick and everything. It, it just seemed like watching the tape that he was pressing a little bit. Um, trying to make trying to make too much happen rather than just like playing playing loose and letting the game come to him. But in terms of his talent, he's a really natural thrower. Uh, comes off his hand really clean and really easy. Uh, he's a big guy. He's a good athlete. So he's got all the tools you're looking for. And uh, you know, I think so. Mo- coming down to Mobile will be a big week for him. It's similar to I liken it to when Josh Allen came out of Wyoming. You know, there was a lot of knocks on Josh that he didn't have a great year that year. Uh, but he came down here and lit it up and had a great year and was the seventh overall pick. And now what we see he's doing in Buffalo, he's, you know, won nine or 10 games in Buffalo this year. So I think Jordan's kind of in a similar situation where, where, yeah, he probably didn't, even in his own right, probably didn't live up to the expectations he had for himself, but uh, he's still really talented. And kind of on that, John M was wondering, dear Jim, who is someone who's invited and is under the radar right now that you think will be on the map after the senior bowl? Oh man, there's a there's I'm a sure lot there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys that are off the radar. You know, it's it's easy to point to some of the small school guys. Um, I feel like what we've done on social media, we've we've kind of put these guys on the radar, like Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan, the safety. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about him over the last eight months, you know, on our on our uh, social channels. And, uh, you know, we hand delivered an invite to, to Kyle and we did one with Adam Troutman, the tight end at Dayton. Um, so that kind of got those guys on the map. Those guys are really good players, but just looking at the board right now, some, some guys that maybe, uh, you know, maybe aren't, you know, household names among draft draft, uh, Knicks right now. There's a, there's a left tackle or really plays right tackle at UConn. His name is Matt Pert. Um, I think he's going to be a, he's a pure left tackle. He's really long. He's got like 88 inch wingspan, which is crazy long. He's got great feet. Um, you know, I, to me, he's, he's a natural left side player, uh, for pass protection. I think Matt's going to be a guy that could, could really ascend with a good week, especially against the D line crew that we have coming in. I mean, this, this defensive line group for this game is probably our strongest unit right now. I mean, I thought last year's group was good. This one's uh, exceptional. There's a lot of great players. So I would say Matt Pert has a chance to, to really make a jump up. Um, yeah, he, he really, he really sticks out, you know? Right. Uh, I would, I would say Matt, I'd say Matt Pert. Okay. And then, so now, you know, you, you've kind of gone through your, your second year of this. Now you're in your second year of it. And I guess just in terms of looking at so far this year versus last year, like things you've learned along the way in your kind of two years on the job now. 
Yeah, we did a lot of self-scouting um, after last year's game. And once we got through the draft, you know, you always try to go back and, and wh- where can we do it better? Yeah. You know, we're obviously don't have, never have all the answers. You know, that's the main thing. I learned that in Seattle. That was kind of our mantra in Seattle is that we, we never have all the answers. So, um, you know, like looking at the re- one, one thing was like looking at the receiver group. So we had 93 players drafted last year. Uh, which was a big spike from where we would been, we had been, but we still had 20 players undrafted and eight of them were at wideout. Um, and again, it came down to uh, like going, you know, calling teams and, okay, where did we, you know, where did we miss here? It really was the receivers were good. They were good receivers. They just didn't have special teams value. Right. So it's more in, you know, I was always mindful of that as a scout. I don't know why we, we you know, we just paying more attention to what these guys are going to do on fourth down, like the receiver group this year. So if you're not in a, if you're, if you come into the league and you're not a top three receiver, so if you're not Terry McLaurin of the Redskins or Debo Samuel or the 49ers, if you're a fourth or fifth receiver, you have to play on fourth down to, to make it on so to just address on Sundays. And a lot of the receivers last year that we, we brought to the game were good receivers like a David Sills from West Virginia, the guy had 31 touchdowns in his final two years or some, something like that yeah. in West Virginia, but he, he, he couldn't do anything on special teams, so he goes undrafted. So we're just trying to, um, you know, if, if everything being equal, I mean, we would almost take a guy that we know is going to play on fourth down as opposed to a guy that might be a little bit better receiver because um, that's that's how rosters are determined at the next level. It's it's The special teams is, is a huge component. So just off the top, I mean, that's that's one area that we really focused on this year. Um, was that was that special teams component that goes across the board? That's it. That's it. Safety. That's it. Running back. That's it. Uh, you know, linebacker. All the core special teams positions. We've really tied tried to uh, focus on right. that. All right. Well, Jim, I'm going to let you go here. This has been great and uh, very informative. Thank you so much. I guess just uh, very last thing quickly is just like how are you feeling about you know the accepted invites are coming out you feel like people are starting to see the list so far. It's still going to grow. How are you feeling about this year's Senior Bowl? No, we feel great yeah. about it. You know, last year's last year's crew was was awesome, and I'll always be indebted to those guys for really the spike we had. Like we talked about, ninety three players drafted, ten in the first round, um, and forty in the first three rounds. So we we felt great about last year. But up to this point, right now, we've got ninety two accepted invites, with nobody has declined oh, wow. yet. Last year we had six we had six kids decline our invites. Last year we have zero right wow, now. That's great. Um, so really, the the momentum that we were carrying out of last year's group, I think this year's class saw last year's class and said wow you know look at all those first rounders like you know that this can really help us because i think out of last year's game those 10 guys probably two or three of them were first rounders going into the week i think you know seven or eight of them probably played their way into the first round is what they did in mobile and i think this year's class saw it so we're really excited about it um we'll get a couple of these get a couple of these quarterbacks signed up we'll all sleep easier but <laughs> the rest of the roster is really really strong we're, we're excited about all it. right awesome jim thank you so much for joining us um actually our the athletic uh, buffalo's matt fairburn uh, is uh, going to be doing a deep dive on the senior bowl and he talked to you a little bit about your vision for it that'll be coming next week on the athletic buffalo so you guys can check that out too and jim thank you so much again uh and i'm amy pearl piano and we will see you guys next week thanks for having me on i enjoyed it <laughs>